Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany Sheehan and Sleep. I've got 99 Today, problems, but my kid sleeping isn't one. Poop. Yes, that's right. What a sexy topic. Well, if you're still here after I just said that, um, buckle up because it's going to be a fun one. Um, I will say that when I got started in this business of sleep, it never occurred to me how much time I would spend on a daily basis talking about pee and poop. But in reality, when I think about what my day-to-day life looks like with three kids, there is a lot of uh, unintentional touching of pee and poop, of thinking about it, of managing it, and of even talking about it. So it really does make sense. If you're a parent, pee and poop is just a part of the game when you have little kids. So I want to talk about a couple of different things. I'm going to touch on babies, toddlers, night training, bedwetting, kind of across the spectrum. And like I did a few weeks ago, I asked you guys on Instagram yesterday to send in questions. And I think that's a great way for me to kind of focus on the things that um, people are asking a lot about. So we're going to start with babies. And with each of these topics, I will jump into the questions and answer them. So for babies, here is my philosophy in general on checking on babies with wet diapers because parents ask me this all the time. Well, what if they're crying because they're wet? What if they have a poop? Here is my mantra. You cannot be the poop police. You cannot. You cannot drive yourself crazy. You cannot train your child that if their diaper is dirty or soiled or wet or whatever, that you're going to come in and change it immediately. That is insane. You will be up all night, all naps, checking constantly, Um, And, you know, if you get into a pattern where your baby does expect to be changed the second they are wet or dirty, they're going to cry. They're going to be like, excuse me, there's a wet diaper. And here is the thing. Yeah, it's gross. They're babies. That's what they do. I'm not trying to be like rude about it. I understand, especially, um, you know, if you're a new first time parent, the idea of like somebody sitting in their pee or poop. Of course, if you are, you know, out running errands or you're playing at your house and you notice they (laughs) just took a big dump, of course you're going to change it right away. But that's going to happen sometimes in the middle of the night, early in the morning, after bedtime, whatever. So here is what I want you to do. Have this philosophy that if you can see it or smell it from outside the door, so that means if you looked on the monitor and literally they had a blowout, you can like see it. Or if you walk past the room and you can smell it from outside the room, you go in and change it. You handle it right away. And I mean, that is what I do with my kids, right? If I smelled something when somebody's in a diaper and that will happen. I live in a small house. I will walk by and be like, oh my God, I will go in and change it. Whether they are awake or asleep, I will go in and change it. But if not, they are fine. Um, One thing I would strongly suggest at night, first of all, especially if you have a baby who frequently poops overnight and they're sleeping through the night or whatever that you know you're, you you get them up in the morning and they have poops use a generous amount of diaper cream i would suggest triple paste before they go to bed make sure they have a fresh diaper um, and use either coterie or overnight diapers i'm a huge fan of coterie i have a partnership with them this is not like sponsored by coterie to be clear i just I'm telling you that because I'm nice. I have a code. I'm going to put it in the notes of this podcast. So when you look right now, um, you'll see the code there. If you want to give Coterie a try and you haven't yet, they are just incredibly absorbent. They are fast wicking. They're organic. They're all of the good things you could possibly want in a diaper. They're also pretty expensive. So I have had clients who will use them just as overnight diapers, right? They'll use them at night or use them all the time. Um, Once you're hooked on Coterie, it's hard to go back. But if for whatever reason Coterie is not your jam, 
use overnight diapers from another brand that you like. Honest is good. Seventh Generation is my personal favorite in the overnight diaper genre. Um, And I know this might sound dumb and obvious, but make sure that the ruffles, you know, like the little ruffles in the crotch area, make sure they're facing out. That helps catch things and prevent blowouts. And make sure when you're putting the diaper on that the tabs are touching, if not overlapping. Again, these things might sound silly, but I think a lot of parents put on diapers too loosely or don't pay attention to the ruffles coming out, and that can contribute to blowouts and just going through diapers more quickly, disturbing sleep, all of that fun stuff. Okay, so I'm going to answer my first question, which is from a baby perspective. So Hannah asks, after how many days should it be worrisome if your breastfed baby hasn't gone poo-poo? Is three too much? Great question. Uh, No, it's not. I'm caveating here for this entire podcast and just in general, okay, I'm not a doctor. Anything that you're concerned about your baby's health, of course, you should talk to your doctor. And, you know, especially when it's coming to like their digestive or gastrointestinal health. But what I will say from my professional perspective and as a mom of three, no, three days of not pooping for a breastfed baby is completely normal. And the spectrum is very wide. So some babies poop every day. Some babies poop several times a day. Some babies will go more than a week without pooping. Um, My middle son, Baker, actually had a bout of this when he was about six or seven months old. And he would go like 10 days without pooping and then have the most wild blowout you have ever seen. This happened for like two months maybe. And I did, of course, talk to my pediatrician and he was like, that happens sometimes. You know, he was totally fine. He wasn't uncomfortable. Um, That's just what his body wanted to do. It was right around the time he was starting solids. So you know, it is what it is. Um, Obviously, talk to your doctor if you're concerned, but no, especially for a breastfed baby, they tend to poop less frequently than a formula-fed baby. I would be more concerned if I heard there was a formula-fed baby that hadn't pooped in like five or six days versus a breastfed baby. It's just the makeup of the product that is going into their body. Not a right or a wrong, just a reality. So moving on to the toddlers. Okay, questions about potty training. I'm going to pop into this these questions first. They are specific to potty training. So Amanda asks, when did you potty train your boys, two or older? And Sabrina asks, do you have a good guide or book for potty training? So to those points, I used, and I will say any type of like a three-day method is is my jam. I'm I'm of that variety in terms of I really don't like the whole like they said they were interested so I'd like put them on the toilet for a day and like you know like sometimes they wear underwear sometimes I think that's really confusing for kids. You guys know my whole thing is in general with sleep and other things parenting wise. The more black and white you make it for kids, the easier it is for them to understand things. So I think doing anything like that that's very like loosey goosey. Um, is not the best way to go, personal opinion. So I would do potty training at like a set time. That is what I did with my kids. So both of them I potty trained. I actually think it was the same weekend. I think it was President's Day weekend for both of them. So they were exactly two and a half. Um, and that just felt like the right time to me. Both of them were starting. So Baker will be starting his preschool next week. And Teddy, you know, it was the same time. It was the fall. Um, when he had recently turned three. And I chose to do it at two and a half because for their school, they, it was an absolute requirement that they were fully potty trained. And I wanted to give myself like a decent, you know, 
eight, nine months or so before school started so that by the time they started, I could feel confident that like, you know, kids have occasional accidents, but they definitely like knew how to use the toilet and it wasn't a brand new thing. In general with potty training, you don't want to start potty training coinciding with another major event, personal opinion, Um, because I'll occasionally have clients who want to potty train around the same time they want to do the sleep stuff. And I'm like, you got to pick a lane here, right? And maybe it's a month down the road, you do the other one, but you don't want to be doing these two major, you know, kind of life skills at the same time. So that was part of my thought process too, is I don't want to like thrust them into a new school environment at the same time they've just learned how to go to the bathroom on their own. So that's the answer as to when I did it for both of the kids. Um, In terms of a book, so I used the book Oh Crap. Um, I didn't even crack the binding when I was doing this with Baker. I got enough of the gist from doing it with Teddy. I I have very mixed feelings on this. I'm just going to be totally honest with you guys because I'm nothing if not honest. Um, the methodology in general with Oh Crap, I'm very aligned with. Um, and the biggest things are it's a three-day method. It's a concept where you know you're setting aside time you're going naked, then you move to commando, then you move to wearing underwear. Um, and it's not rewards based. I felt strongly about that too. It's not like sit on the potty and make yourself go, that type of thing. It's not like you get candy if you do it. Um, what I really don't like about Oh Crap, but to be totally honest, I haven't had the inclination to read a bunch of other books. I probably should for my job at some point, but you know, homegirl's busy. Um, the tone is incredibly condescending and patronizing. And I think I'm especially triggered by it because I work with parents too. And like, I, I'm a voice for people. And it's, I really struggle when I see or hear things where the tone is very much like, you're an idiot. I know what I'm talking about. And like, don't be stupid. This is what you should do. That was how I, that's how I felt like she was talking to me. I was like, this is so patronizing and it's kind of weird. Anyway, um, 10 out of 10, don't recommend patronizing people when they're, you're trying to teach them something and they're nervous about it and it's hard. Um, but the methodology I am aligned with, maybe one day I'll write a potty training book. Just kidding. I will not do that. Um, okay. So moving on to night training because this is a big thing that comes up with clients a lot so at a high level please know that the vast majority of children are not biologically capable of waking themselves up to go to the bathroom at night at the same time they are ready to daytime train so that is one one thing that is prevalent in some of the three-day methods it's it's something they talk about in oh crap that I don't agree with is the idea that you should night train at the same time as potty train. So night training is, it's a biological skill. It's your body being able to wake up knowing that you have to pee and like getting up out of bed to do it. And pushing kids to do it when they're not ready will lead to bedwetting. It will lead to tears. It will lead to stress. And it's absolutely not worth it. Um, And I will get into some of these questions I have to do it. So Jen asks, is it better to train for a nap separate from bedtime or at the same time, hoping to transition out of a pull-up for a two-and-a-half-year-old? So um, I would not be transitioning out of pull-ups at two-and-a-half unless your child, well, first of all, they have to be in a bed, right? If they're in a crib, they absolutely have to be wearing a pull-up because they don't have a potty inside their crib. Um, 
But beyond, and you definitely don't want to get in a habit where like if they have to pee, you have to come in and lift them out of the crib and bring them to the toilet, right? It needs to be something that's autonomous. So when they have the autonomy of being outside of the crib and they're in a bed, that's when they could in theory be night trained. And let me be very clear. I feel like I'm getting really scattered here. Let me be very clear. A child seeming ready to be night trained is not a reason to put them in a bed if they are less than three and a half years old. If you have a two and a half year old who's waking up with a dry pull up every day, that's awesome. They can continue to wake up with a dry pull up, but do not put a two year old in a bed because you think they're ready to be night trained. They are not ready to be in a bed, even if they are ready to hold their pee all night, which is awesome for them. Many, many, many kids are not fully ready to night train, meaning they are waking up with a dry diaper or dry pull up until they're five or even six years old, some even seven. Okay, so just so you have like the barometer for like what's normal. Sure, there are kids at two or three who can do it, and that's awesome. But you don't need to feel bad if that's not your child's situation, nor do you need to push it. This isn't really something you can push. Now, when your child is ready to be night trained, and by ready to be night trained, I mean they are naturally waking up often with a dry diaper after naps or at night, the best things you can do are to limit liquids before bedtime and to make sure you're proactively asking them to go pee before they get into bed, right? And that's true too if you have a child who's, you know, five or six and you're like, uh, they're still waking up with like a really full pull up every morning. Like what are some things I can do to kind of like jumpstart this and make it a little bit easier? So in that case as well, you would be paying attention to how much they're drinking within, you know, the hour or so before bedtime, um, making sure that you prompt them to go pee before they get into bed, right? Those would be important things. And also making sure that they have the confidence and understanding, here's where the bathroom is. If you if you do wake up and you have to go pee, you can go to the toilet. Because some kids in pull-ups, they might be wide awake when they have to pee and they would have gone to the bathroom, but because they're used to going in the pull-up, um, it helps to remind them that that's an option. So those are some considerations. And I'm realizing that I fully just ignored the first question, uh, the first part of this question, which was, is it better to train for nap separate from bedtime or at the same time? Definitely at the same time. I mean, to me, they're not separate things. It's like, that is night training, right? It's like training them to wake themselves up to go to the bathroom. So those are one and the same. You wouldn't be putting a pull up on a child for only naps and not night or vice versa. If they're sleeping, they're sleeping. And if they're not sleeping, they're not sleeping, right? So you would be doing it at the same time. And a very similar question, Megan asked, I know training pants are normal for night sleep for a while, but should we plan the same for naps too? Yes. So that it's kind of the same type of question. Are these separate things? No. If your child is sleeping and their body isn't ready to understand that it needs to wake up and go to the bathroom, that is going to be the same case when they're sleeping during the day and when they're sleeping at night. So you're doing the same thing for both of them. And when your child is ready to be night trained, then they would be nap trained as well. So let's talk about the process at night. If you have a child who has moved into a bed, but they are very young, they are two and a half, three, three and a half ish, and they are potty trained at night, or you are working with them on potty training at night. But because of their age, their door is secured and they do not have access to a bathroom. This comes up a decent amount. Uh, Just to be clear, I am a very strong proponent that kids under four should be in a secured room. Why? Lots of reasons. I won't get into it today. 
I will get into it on another podcast. I might do an entire thing just about leaps in autonomy from access to a whole crib, access to a whole room, access to a whole house, and how that autonomy changes over time and what's appropriate by age. Um, And safety, obviously safety is another piece. But for today, I will just say this next question addresses this perfectly. So Elizabeth asks, night potty training scares the shit out of me. Toddler bed and night training timeline and order? Great question. So if you have a child who's under four, who's in a bed and is ready to be potty trained, what you're going to do is put a mini potty in their room. So that means, if and this is if they don't have access to a potty in their room. Obviously, if you have like a Jack and Jill bathroom or you have, there's just a bathroom attached to their room, then it's fine. But let's assume that, it, that we're talking about like a two and a half year old or a young three year old who is pretty much night trained, um, but doesn't have access to a bathroom. You're going to put a mini potty in their room. And the reason that's so important is because you are removing, when your child is learning to sleep independently, you're removing the externality, right? You do not want them to be dependent on you to have to go to the bathroom. Like, obviously, we definitely don't want them to be in a secured room where they don't have access to a toilet. That's horrible. But you also don't want to be in a situation where they are, like, screaming and calling for you or coming into your room if the door wasn't secured and asking you to take them to the bathroom, right? This is a really common issue, either with kids in a secured room or not, just that the parents are involved at night with them going to the bathroom. So, yes, you put a mini potty in their room. And the most important thing you're going to be doing during the day is working with them on independence. So again, a two and a half year old or a three year old might not be fully independent in terms of their ability to go to the bathroom. They might technically be trained and maybe they can wake up when they have to go, but they haven't quite figured out that, you know, they don't have the dexterity to pull their pants on and off and things like that. So you're going to be working with that them on that stuff during the day, because as soon as your child is capable of pulling their pants up and down all of that during the day, they're capable of doing it at night too. And then you don't need to be involved, which is important because a lot of kids, I call them pee and poop weaponizers, and they use pee and poop as kind of the Hail Mary to get their parents' attention in the middle of the night, even when they don't need it, right? They think, okay, if calling for them and saying, I need to ask you a question, my toe itches, blah, 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 is not working anymore, I'm just going to constantly tell them I have to pee or poop. And then you get into this cycle where, you know, they're sitting on the toilet for 20 minutes and they're not actually having to pee. And even though they know how to pull their pants up and down, they claim they can't do it at night, stuff like that. So you want them to be able to do those things during the day so you have the confidence to enforce that they can do it at night. That's a really big thing. Essentially, with all of this stuff, if I had to give like a theme to all of the things I'm saying... It's that you want to do things proactively and set processes in place relating to pee and poop that will give you confidence that you don't need to intervene constantly with your kids, whether this is babies or toddlers or big kids. So if it's a baby, right, it's you're not instantaneously changing their diaper, constantly checking if they pooped, putting them in diapers that are very comfortable, you know, setting that kind of standard up. And then as they get older, you're not pushing potty training at night too far, too early, when they're not ready for it and creating a whole new set of problems for yourself, letting your child's body tell you when they're waking up dry, they are ready to do this. And you are proactively limiting liquids at bedtime and prompting them to go pee. And then when they are night trained, that you're really working with them on that independence so that they don't require support when they wake up at night so that everyone can get the sleep they need. So I hope that was helpful. 
At some point, I'll do something more in-depth with poop weaponizers, pee weaponizers. I mean, I could talk about this stuff all day, but nobody wants nobody wants that. I think 20 minutes. We're at 20 minutes now. I feel like that's more than enough time to be talking about pee and poop. So I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to britneysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at britneysheehansleep.